myself to him because he gave all for me and he gave all for you. God bless you. you. May be seated if you're standing. Amen. Thank God for what I feel in this house tonight. We're going to continue our series that we've been talking on Wednesday nights. And last Wednesday, our internet went down and it was 725. I said, well, we got to have church. So we took it to my office. I sat down and I tried to teach, but it kind of preached and treached. I don't know what it was, but we had a good time. Glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Nothing like being his sanctuary. Amen. John 10, 10. Also just want to, again, allude to the fact uh, that we will have Jubilee service. And uh, it will be inside. Uh, there are sanitation stations. There are places where you can grab masks. You can sanitize your, how, your, your, your hands. There's gloves. Uh, we will social distance and uh, do our best. If you don't feel uh, safe, uh, then you could stay home. But please engage in the service. In chaotic times that we're living in, like these, we've never been in a situation like this before. We need God. We need more of Him. And we need to stay faithful to Him. The thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. I want to talk tonight on just a few minutes about this thought, open windows. Say that with me, open windows. Can I tell you tonight that the Lord wants to bless you? That is what He is all about. It's His desire to bless you. He wants to open up the windows of heaven just to bless you. That's pretty amazing if you think about it. God says, I want to open up windows. Malachi 3.10 says this, Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. God has chosen to use the law of the harvest as a promise to bless us. For the law of the harvest will never change. It's the law of the harvest. It is a spiritual law. It is a covenant. It is an agreement. It's a promise to you and to me and whosoever will follow after it. And that is what you sow, you shall reap. It's just that simple. It's really just that easy. You get what you sow. Why don't you say that with me? I get what I sow. Use that preacher voice. I get what I sow. Who said you weren't a preacher? Woo, I felt it. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Mark it down. Understand it. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also 
reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. That's why he concludes it by saying, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we will reap if we faint not. It is the law of the harvest. If you sow to the flesh, guess what? You're going to reap of the flesh. Meaning, if you keep smoking, I know it looks cool to vape and all that stuff, but if you keep smoking, you might just get cancer. Well, that's not very nice. It's not what they show me. They show me the Marlboro Man, the dude that's on the horse, the, the cowboy. That's not the rest of the story. If you take drugs, they will harm you. They will control you. They will take over your life. It may start out fun and exciting like, wow, what a high. <laughs> I've never tried that before. But sooner or later, before you know it, you get addicted to the drugs. And you'll do everything and anything you can for them. People steal, they kill, they do everything they can to feed their addiction. So if you sow to the flesh, you reap of the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, notice what you get. You reap of the Spirit. Well, what do you reap, Pastor? You reap life everlasting. You reap abundant life. Welcome to Abundant Life Center. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, But this I say, He which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Every man according as he what? Purposes in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly, not out of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. If you're like, pastor's talking about money again. Pastor's talking about an offering again. You may have never sat through a sacrificial offering before. I've sat through many of them where they're like, they're auctioning off everything. Everybody's saying 1,000 and 500 and 10,000. You're like, mm. and you're just feeling like, you know, you feel like a heathen because you haven't raised your hand. And now guilt's setting in and, and you're like, everybody's looking at me and, and all of a sudden you slip up your hand before you know it. You're like, ooh, I should have gave that. Matter of fact, there was a guy many years ago, I won't tell you the name, but we were given, we were, I wasn't taking an offering. There was an evangelist that took an offering. And he was just talking about the blessings because it is a law. It's a law of the harvest. And so he gave. And unbeknownst to him, he added a couple zeros to it. Yeah. He thought he was given 10 bucks. Turned out to be $1,000. And by the time he got home, he realized <laughs> that check's not for 10 bucks. It's for $1,000.
And so he called me. That was like a week after. He said, Pastor, I was going to come down to the church and I was going to talk to Sister Philpott and I was going to try to take my check back. He said, but wouldn't you know it, the very next day, I get a phone call for a job to do that was twice as much as what I gave. You will never outgive God. But you have to learn. I don't do it because I'm, I'm trying to make everybody think, hey, I'm cool and I, I'm spiritual and I'm a... No! You've got you to make up your mind. You've got a purpose in your heart. God's been good to me. I can't put a price tag upon it. But I want to bless him because I want him to know that I'm not in control of my finances. God is in control of my finances. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying you reap what you sow. You get what you plant. So if you're not happy with your harvest, then why don't you change what you're sowing? And so the question of the hour is this. What kind of harvest do you want? What kind of blessing do you want? How big do you want it? Or how small do you want it? So sparingly you shall reap sparingly. But if I sow bountifully, I will reap bountifully. I know this is blowing your mind tonight. I know you're writing those down and saying, wow. That's revelation. <laughs> We've heard it before. But I'm telling you, it works. The carnal mind will never discern the things of the Spirit, but the moment you let God into it, the moment you bring God into the equation, you begin to enter into a covenant relationship. You begin to enter into an agreement, and God begins to bless you because it's all up to you and it's all up to me. We control our harvest by the way we plant and by the way we sow. That's why the Lord of hosts, he makes a strong challenge, which is the only place in Scripture that you'll ever find him saying, prove me. Prove me that I won't open up the windows of heaven and bless you. The Lord says, behold, I will open you the windows of heaven. He didn't say a door, but he said windows. You don't typically pass through a window. You pass through a door. And all throughout Scripture, the Lord gives us many examples of open doors, not windows. Revelations 3.20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. Revelations 3.8, I know thy works. Behold, I've set before thee an open door. He talks a lot about doors but not very much about windows. And yet Malachi mentions windows. And notice he didn't say a window singular, 
But he said, windows, plural. The Lord doesn't add. The Lord multiplies. That's why he said one could put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. That's God's math. And he said, I will open up windows of heaven and I will bless you. I want the blessings. If you don't want it, I do. Because you know what windows do? Windows brings light. Windows let the cool breeze come in. Windows allows us to see what's on the outside and what's on the inside. Windows give us perspective. Windows allows us to see. And the Lord said, I will open the windows to allow my light to shine in your life. He said, I'll open up the windows to allow my spirit to flow through. I will allow my, I open up the windows so you can see this battle that you're facing is not yours, but it's mine. He said, I'll open up the windows uh, so you, I can show you how I work. Can I just tell somebody, when you partner with God and you enter that covenant relationship with Him, you quickly begin to realize this battle's not mine. It doesn't belong to me. And therefore, when I get into that agreement and I get into that promise with God, I don't have to worry. I don't have to walk in fear. I don't need to doubt and I don't need to be stressed out and allow anxiety to rule my life. No, because the Lord is saying, just allow me to open up the windows. I want to see you. I want you to see me working for you. That's what God's saying. God's saying, I want you to see me fighting for you. I want you to see me all around you. That's why he says, just prove me. Let me open up the windows to show you that you are not alone and that I am with you. Matter of fact, he said in his word, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I'll be with you until the ends of the world. God says, just prove me that I won't open up the windows of heaven. Not a window, but windows. Windows of heaven. Windows of blessings. Windows of promise. I need a promise right now. We've got a world that is crazy, to say the least. I need a promise. I need to know that God is with me through this crazy, hectic time. I mean, we had, what, five, seven lightning strikes just a few weeks ago. Fires burning all around us. They're telling us to quarantine and stay in the home. And now they're saying, get out of your house and evacuate. We're living in crazy times. And it's in times like these. I can't look 
to the media for my help. I can't look for a man to help, but I gotta say, God, I'm in need of windows. I need you to open up those windows to let me know you're fighting for me. Windows of promise. Windows of healing. Me and my wife, we walked into a house last week to a individual that hadn't been to church in a long time. But yet as we got there, we started praying. And, 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 and the one we were praying for, she didn't want us to stop. She kept praying and she kept praying. I'm telling you, when windows start to open, you don't want to shut those windows. You want to allow that breeze, that, that fragrance, that mighty wind to begin sweeping in because you understand this ain't a man thing. This is a God thing. Windows of healing, windows of opportunity. And can I tell you tonight that he wants to bless all areas of your life. He wants to bless you in ways you've never imagined before. He wants to bless you in, in, in ways you never thought possible. He wants to bless you in multiplication. Yes, he can still bless in the midst of chaos. He can still bless in the midst of crazy COVID and fires and storms. He can bless us in that. It's windows of blessings. Windows of favor. But notice this. He said, prove me. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that what? There shall not be room enough to receive it. When God is done with you and you have put him to the test and you have proved him, you will not have a room big enough to receive the blessings that God has for you. You can't contain it. That's the windows of heaven. Now listen, we, we think of blessings as money, right? When, when we, we think of blessings, we're like, you know, if I give, you know, 20 bucks, God's going to give me 200. If I, if I give 1,000, God's going to give me 10,000. God wants to bless you in finances. But that's the trivial matter. He wants to bless you far beyond the money you think is important. What happened when Jesus was in the room and, and, and uh, they wanted their buddy to come in, but there was no room enough, and so they broke open what? The roof. And they laid this guy down. And Jesus looks at him. Everybody's expected, hey, he needs to be healed. He needs to walk. And Jesus says, thy sins are forgiven. And like, what? You missed it. <laughs> He's lame. He's not walking. He's crippled. He needs a healing in his body. Can I tell you, we think in the temporal, but God thinks in the eternal. And God looks at the doubters. And God looks at the naysayers. 
He says, just so you know that all power is given unto me. He said, rise up, take up thy bed, and walk. We serve a God that wants to bless in the physical, but really he looks to bless in the spiritual. I've had many people come to me and say, well, Pastor, I've been faithful in my tithe. I've been faithful in my offering. Really? (laughs) Have you been truly faithful? I've been faithful, and I haven't seen a check in the mail. I haven't seen an increase on my job. I've got more hours, but... I'm like, hello? You don't need the bottle anymore. You don't need the drugs anymore. You know, your family's back together. The anointing's back on you. You got ministry all over you. We think in the temporal. I've had many people say, well, well, pastor, could you just pray for me that God would give me this job? Could you just, if God could just give me this job, if God could just give me this truck. I had a guy say that. To pray for the truck. That I could be my own man. I could be my own boss. Guess what? He never came back. This world is very crafty. This world wants to rock you to sleep. Wants to change what's truly important in life. What, what is the, 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 the scare uh, factor of the Antichrist? Is it bombs? Is it nuclear war? What are we so scared about, about the mark? You know, don't take the mark. Well, what's the mark do? Buy and sell. Well, what do we buy? We buy food. If we don't eat food, we die. We need food to live. Well, some could... Do without some food for a while. I could do without food for a while. But the fear is buy or sell. It's the temporal things of this world. And God says don't be consumed with the manna from this earth, from this world. Be consumed with the things of God. Lay up treasures in heaven where rust and moth does not corrupt. I'm praying God. Take the job. Take the car. I just want you. I remember praying years ago, Brother Rudy, same kind of prayer you prayed. You are like, God, if you want to wake me up at 2 in the morning, go ahead. And God's like, okay, I'll wake you up. I remember praying over there, and, and, and I was like, God, it was like 2008 or so. And, and at 2008, you know, the market was really great. And, and I said, God, if it's not your will, For me to have my job and my business, take it away. And the market just crashed. And those of you that know me, I have no problem sleeping. When I put my head on a pillow at night, I'm out. It's a deep sleep. Many times my wife, the only way to wake me up, she's elbowing me. I've got bruises all over my body. (laughs) Marks of a Christian. (laughs) But I mean... When I said that prayer, God called me on it. And within three months to that date, I closed down my offices. I lost homes. I lost cars. I felt like an absolute failure. And the times that I thought I could sleep 
For three months, I couldn't sleep. It got so bad that we went on food stamps. And I made up my mind. You know what? I'm not going to let this beat me. I'm not going to let this take me down. You know what we're going to do? We're going to have parties at the church. We're going to invite the church members to come over and we're going to have a good time and we're going to give out food. And wouldn't you know it, my sweet uh, mother-in-law and father-in-law would show up. They'd give us plates. They'd give us cups. And and we would just, nobody knew. My kids to this day were like, Dad, we never knew. I said, yeah, because I didn't want to have a pity party. I didn't want to stand on the corner and play the victim mentality. I prayed a prayer, God, if it's not your will, take it away. And I had to be like Job when he said, blessed is the Lord. He gives and he takes away. I'm not controlled over the money. I'm controlled over him. And I made up my mind. God, this is not my bill, it's your bill. This is not my problem, it's your problem. And all of a sudden, God started turning things around. I remember when my business was shut, and, and, and I've got to hurry. I know I'm taking too much time, but my business was shut down, and all of a sudden, I get a call uh, from someone at Chase Bank, and, and they call me in for an interview, and they started to look at you know my resume, and they said, you're overqualified. And I was like, thank you. Does that mean I get a raise? (laughs) And they said, are you okay with making this amount of money? And it was like 25% of what I was making. I was like, I need a job. And I took that job. And God began to bless. You can't be controlled by money. You can't be controlled by chaos. Because many times, chaos and disorder, and famine. It has a way for you to be more dependent upon God and understanding you need Him in your life. I'm telling you what I did was not run to the man in the corner and say, hey, I'll work for food. No, I got on my knees and said, God, you give, you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm still going to be faithful for you to you and the kingdom of God. And guess what? He began to bless again. He began to open up windows of heaven. And can I tell you what God wants to bless? He wants to bless your home. He wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your kids. You say, well, well, my kids ain't listening to me. He wants to bless them. <laughs> Turn it around. Well, my wife's not listening to me. Well, guess what? Why don't you pray that God would make you sweeter? Pray that God would make you kinder. Because I'm telling you, love conquers all. Love them. Turn it around. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless your ministry and everything that you're involved in. He wants to bless every area of your life. It's called open windows. And he wants to, what you put your hand to do, he wants you to prosper. Because he said, I have come that you might have life 
and have life more abundantly. All you have to do is prove me. Put me to the test. Put me first in your life. Just put your trust not in man, not even in your job, but put your trust in me for you get what you sow. You get what you plant. So the question tonight, I know this is a Wednesday night, and you're like, well, can we talk about something else? I'm talking about the blessings. Talking about open windows. And so the question is, it's in your court. You got the ball. You got to take the shot. And the question is, what kind of harvest do you want? Because it's all up to you. You control the harvest. You have the power to open the window. And you have the power to shut the window. Don't let the thief lie to you. Don't let the adversary steal this from you. Put God first. Yes, put him first in this crazy season. Put him first. Put him to the test. Trust in him. Trust in his plan. Trust in the law of the harvest. I close with 2 Corinthians 9. We've already read it, but I want to read it again. But this I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. If you want to just do enough to get by, just sow sparingly. Just live for God easy. You know when you live for God easy, it becomes hard. Because when you live for God easy, everything else is coming after your time. Everything else becomes alluring because you're not all in. But when you make up your mind, I'm going to live for God hard. I'm going all in. Because when I live for God hard, guess what? It becomes easy. For he that which sows bountifully, shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Be a cheerful giver. Give liberally, and let the windows of heaven be opened up to you. And not only does he want to bless you, but he said, I will rebuke that devourer, the thief, the adversary, the knucklehead. I'll get him away from your home. I'll get him away from your kids. I'll get him away from your marriage and your finances and your health. Just prove me. Because you get what you sow. You get what you plant. You say, well, well, well pastor, it's all about money. No, it's, it's about giving. And I'm not just talking about money. I, I'm talking about your heart. So that's why the carnal mind, it just, it's, it's always on the almighty dollar. I'm not talking about the almighty dollar. I'm talking what you give. You get back. If all you give is judgment, 
Judgment's coming back. If all you give is unforgiveness and bitterness and offense, that's what comes back. But if you make up your mind, you know what? God's been good to me. God forgave me. I ought to love one another. I ought to forgive one another. I ought to extend a little bit of mercy. Because Brother Rudy, there's coming a day that I'm going to need mercy coming down my road. I don't know what you want today. I don't know what your hopes, your dreams are. But my dream and my hopes is heaven. It's God. I want God to know He rules every area and every aspect of my life. Especially in these times. Somebody made this statement today, and I don't know exactly who it was, but they said something like, what COVID did was just reveal what kind of relationship with God you had. So what does that mean? Well, you say you're a man of prayer and a woman of prayer, and, but when COVID strikes, you're not reaching for the throne room, you're reaching for the media. And we've got to understand my hope is in Him. And Brother Rudy, thank you. Thank you for praying. Thank you for hearing the call. Thank you for getting out of bed. Thank you for planting seed. Thank you for sowing. Because what you did, you, it, it may have started out like, oh, I don't really want to get out of the covers. It's, it's cool in here. But you got out. And you made the sacrifice. And you prayed. And, and sometimes when you're praying, you want to stop. It's like running. If you've ever tried to run a mile, it's like you get out there and you run that first block, not even a quarter of the mile, and your body's saying, stop. And guess what? I've stopped. I've tried to run. But there's something about pushing through. There's been moments even in prayer and I've gone, I've prayed with God, and I felt like just answering a call or taking care of an appointment, but I pushed a little bit. And when I pushed through, I felt the blessing and the anointing of God. I don't know what you want tonight, but I want windows. I want open windows. Would you raise your hands? Would you raise your voice with me right now? Come on, forget about those around you. Forget about what you look like. And what you sound like. Why don't you make an agreement? Why don't you enter into a covenant relationship and say, God, I'm going to put you to the test. I'm going to walk in the areas of the supernatural. I will no longer walk in the areas of the flesh. But God, tonight, I want to be spirit-led. I want to prove you. I want to run to I you. I need the windows. You. Let the windows open. I, I want to feel you. you. I want to see you. I need you to saturate me and my life and my home and my family and my every kids. Every area, every aspect of my life. My will, Come on, lift up your voice. 
Oh, as a deer pants after the water brook, so does my soul pant after thee. Hungry God, I'm thirsty for you. I just want you. I just want you. Oh, yes, I do, God. Lord, I just want to live in your presence. Every day, every day, every day, down my way, lay it down, every selfish desire, whatever it takes. Come on, Father, that's what I just want you. I just want you because I just want you. I could have fortune and fame. Go anywhere, do anything, but oh God, I just want you. I could search for earthly things to satisfy my every need, but oh God, I just want you. Come on, raise your hand. Raise your voice. I want you, God. I want you. Watch in my life. Watch in my family. Lord, I just want to live in your presence. Every day I lay down my will. Never selfish desire. Whatever it takes. Father, that's what I'll do. Cause I just want you. Can you see the passion in my heart? To be close to where you are. Oh God, I just want you. Every day I lay down my will, never selfish desire, whatever it takes. Father, that's what I'll do. Amen. I am nothing special, but I made up my mind. I was talking with Brother Kevin a few nights ago. And I made up my mind 18, 19 years of age that I want to live for God. I want to do what's right. And the moment I did, I broke the curse. I broke that bondage. And can I tell you, God has been so good to me. I've got a wonderful wife that loves me and loves God. I've got wonderful kids that love me. I've got an amazing mother-in-law that loves me and puts up with me. Try my best to be nice. I've got family that love me. I've got a church family that love me and love God. I'm a blessed man. You are blessed tonight. God's been good to you. 
So tomorrow, put those shoulders back, raise that head high and say, I'm a child of the king. I've got royal blood flowing through my veins. God has been good to me. And I'm going to keep the windows open. God, we love you tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your promise. I pray in God that you would touch everybody here today. Everybody that's watching live stream. All those that will tune into live stream. I'm praying God that you would just let them know that they can trust in you. That they can prove you. They can put you to the test. God that you would open up windows in their lives. Windows of blessing. Windows of opportunity. I'm praying for your hand upon them. Your favor upon them. In Jesus name we give you praise. Clap your hands under the Lord.